this morning, well, I'm going to talk about how do I use the gifts of the Holy Spirit? I'm excited to be able to share that with you this morning. And I want to, uh, you know, the scripture that we've been using and, and we've kind of just gone around. It's in John chapter 16, verse 7. Said, but in fact, it is best for you that I go away because if I do not, the advocate won't come. And if I, if I do go away, then I will send him to you. We talked about that Jesus had to go. We know that he died on the cross. He rose from the grave. And then when he left, you don't have to give an invitation, have Jesus come to your house. But he said, the same spirit that raised, uh, raised him from the dead would dwell in us. And because of that, we can believe that God is with us and God can work miracles through us as we walk in faith to trust him in all that we do in this life. And so, you know, the first week, how many of you, how many of you been enjoying this and, and uh, this series? And, you know, uh, good. you know, week one, we talked about who is the Holy Spirit. Week two, we talked uh, what is the role of the Holy Spirit? Week three, we talked about what is the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and how. And week last week, Pastor Josh spoke here. He said, "How do I know if I'm filled with the Spirit?" And so today, the topic is going to be spiritual gifts. And so what I want to do is, spiritual gifts have been misunderstood many times, and my goal is to help you understand them and make them a vital part of your life. It's like taking you fishing. It's like going out the first time you were a kid and your daddy goes, all right, we're going to do this. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna tie the hook. And, and then they have a certain knot, a fisherman's knot that you can have. And that way when the fish get, the hook doesn't go with the fish. You know what I mean? How you hook it. And there was, there's a lot of fundamentals. And I remember as a kid, my brother and I went, my brother's a fishing guide now. And, and, and I remember my dad took us on our big, first big uh, fishing trip at Toledo Bend. And I remember we were kind of casting everything, and my brother literally was going to cast, and he hooked the hook in my head, and he went like this, and I'm going, ah, you know, and, and, and I just looked back, and there was a lot of things we didn't understand, you know, it's like just, just complimentary things so you don't hook someone. Are y'all with me? And so this morning, what I want to do is I want to give you an understanding so you can allow the Holy Spirit to use you in your life. And how many of you know that there's a lot of misunderstandings, but see, what happens is 1 Corinthians 12 says it like this. Now, concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, and he means sisters, and I do not, I do not want you to be uninformed. He's saying many believers are uninformed about the Holy Spirit. I didn't say they were dumb. I said they're, they're just uninformed, meaning they haven't been taught. And so this morning, the word spiritual here means pneumatos, which is where, where we get uh, breath of wind. In other words, how many you know what a, a pneumatic tool is? It's where you, 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 you ever see that? Ladies, it's kind of like the air hose when they go, when you have lugs on your, on your tires and, well, lugs on your, hold your rim on your tires on. They go in there and they have that little, poof, that air, and they go, poof, and that's what it's saying. Good sound effects, anyway. And so what happens is it's the gifts of God are like that nomadic tool that's put by the air of God, the breath of God. The breath of God is the very thing when Adam was created, he breathed into Adam and he became life. And the spirit of God wants to bring life 
to us. He wants to bring like an expectation that, you know, when I can't do it, I can trust God and he'll come through for me. Amen. It doesn't mean that it's always going to come out like I think it's got to come out. It doesn't mean like it's going to be, and like God doesn't give a rule. That's why, let me just say this, this is a little off the subject, but that's why Jesus, he healed people's eyes differently. From the blind. Some he spit, some he touched. And see, listen, if all he did was spit on the ground and have clay, we'd have little clay pits in churches. Aren't you glad we're not spitting in your eye, you know? And so what happens right here is it's the gifts of God empowered by the breath of God. There are three categories, and I want to talk about these. There's motivational gifts that you find in Romans 12. What does that mean? It's given by the Father. That's prophecy, it's service, it's teaching, exhortations, contributions, or generosity. There's leadership, and there's mercy. Those are motivational gifts that people have. Then there's ministry gifts found in Ephesians chapter 4. It might not be listed, but here they are. They're apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. I had a guy the other day, I did a funeral, goes, I believe in the five-fold ministry. And I go, great, praise God. That doesn't mean anything to me. But it's what happens, it's ministry gifts that you have. I'm a pastor. I'm really not a teacher. I'm a pastor. I'm a storyteller. I like to tell stories. I like to give you know, hands on. There are other people that are really gifted in other areas in their lives. I have a little apostolic gift on my life because it's building things, starting things. And so, and then there's, man, manif- there's, there's manifestational gifts. And uh, that are, there, it's 1 Corinthians 12 and 14, the gifts from the Holy Spirit. So today we're going to talk about those gifts this morning. We're going to talk about the manifestational gifts given by the Spirit. 1 Corinthians 12, 7 says like this. Teach, it says, to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. In other words, when God gives a manifestation of the Spirit, that means it's for good. It's for good. And Paul's writing actually the Corinthians because there are a lot of people that were, were misusing some of these gifts. And he's saying, this is, look, let's bring a little correction here. Let's, let's talk about these things. And so the first thing I want to talk to you about, the gifts of the Spirit are meant for each of us. Okay? Corinthians says this, verse, uh, chapter 14, verse 1. Pursue love. It says, earnestly desire the spiritual gifts. In other words, the gifts are good. We should never be afraid of the gifts of God. Okay? In other words, they're given for us to bless others. It's not given for us to make us look good and say, hey, I got this. This is who I am. No, it, it should be, God, we should desire them but not abuse them for, for our sake or for others' sakes, but, but to properly understand what we're supposed to do. Are y'all with me? Okay? The second thing, we're going somewhere. I promise you, I'm just kind of putting the bones and the joints together right now. Then we're going to get it put on the skin. Is that all right? And, so second, and the second thing, I want the gifts of the Holy Spirit listen to me, are his. They're his. It's a gift given to us. You see, 1 Corinthians 12, 11 says, all these are empowered by one and the same spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. He owns them and he distributes distributes them as, as he wills. You see, the ministry of the gifts of the Holy Spirit can't be earned through spirituality, through money. They are gifts given by God sovereignly. It's a gift. See, there are permanent gifts. 
It's a gift for your life. Some people have different kinds of gifts, and you, just, you can see. And then there's occasional gifts. Sometimes the power of God will come upon you for a time or for a season. I remember I'm not, I'm not a prophet. I'm mostly non-profit, okay? <laughs> and I remember when I was uh, working in the streets, I used to uh, travel and work in the inner cities for eight years of my life in my ministry after in my, in my life, not my ministry, but in my life. And, and that's how I met Tracy and all that, and that's a whole nother story. But I remember one day God spoke to me about there was a girl driving a car. And I'm, I never forget, the Lord, she's driving in this parking lot, and I just go, stop! And she stopped her car. It was a convertible. And the Lord gave me a word for her, and she started weeping and crying. And we invited her to the church, and her and her boyfriend came the next day, and they got saved. I don't go around Jennings and go, stop! In the name of love. <laughs> you know, I don't do that. But it was, just a, it was an occasional, you understand what I'm saying? There's sometimes God wants to use you. He puts an impression, something on your heart where you just feel like, I've got to say something. There's something that has to be said. You see, so those are, some are permanent gifts, some are occasional gifts. And the third is the gift of the Holy Spirit. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are for the common good. What do you mean? It's like lost and found. It means church and community. It's for home and at work. Now, I want to read this portion of Scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses uh, 8 through 10. It says, and I'm reading for the, uh, the English, the ESV, the English Standard Version. It says, for to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom. And that wisdom means to bring understanding to someone. And to another, the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit. And to another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the same Spirit. To another, the works, working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, the ability to distinguish between spirits. To another, various kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. So there's nine gifts, but I'm going to put them in three categories this morning, all right? And so here's what I want. There's discerning gifts. That's word of, of knowledge a word of wisdom, it's discerning spirits. It's just, you have a sense. Discernment means, look at me, discernment means you have something's just not right. Something's just, hello. You ever walk in a room and, and it's like something's just not right? You feel it? Come on. You see? And then, and so discerning gifts and, and uh, there's declarative gifts. That's prophecy, tongues, interpretation of tongues. Then there's dynamic gifts, faith, gifts of healing, working, working of miracles. So here it is, the discerning. I'm going to talk about the discerning gifts this morning. First thing is the word of knowledge. To, to know something specific without having to learn it by natural means. That's what it means. Okay? John says it like this. Jesus said, remember, Jesus sitting with this woman, and, and uh, she's at the well. And just give me a... An example, and Jesus said to her, hey, go and call your husband and come here. And look what it says. It, it, but it says this, the woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you are right in saying, 
I have no husband. For you have had five husbands. Man, can you imagine that? That's like just like calling you out. And the one you know now have is not your husband. What you have said is true, the woman said to her, him. Sir, I, this was, I love it. It's kind of comical. Sir, I perceive you're a prophet. Might be. But see, what, what happens? Why did Jesus ask her to call her husband? Because there's no conversation without conviction. She, all of a sudden, he, call, he says something, some of it from her past and some of it's going on in her life now. You may have experienced this gift uh, before when all of a sudden you're giving some information about someone or something or you're, you know, and that you have no previous information about. And, and then the focus is on people's past. God, God just made, I, I've, I've prayed with people and as I'm praying with people, God just told me to say things to them. I remember one time I was dealing with one of my friend Brendan and his wife in South Africa, really good friend of mine, and his wife, they said they could not have babies. And I remember I spoke a word over them. I said this, God's going to give you a baby. God's going to give you a baby. And I didn't even remember it. And they told me, they said, and you said it was going to be a boy. I saw him the next year I went to South Africa. Pastor Baba. We had our baby, and you told us what we were going to have, remember? And I'm going, mm-mm, inside, I'm going, no, no. And, 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 you, and I'm like, oh, geez, I hope we got it right. And she goes, you had a, we had a boy. We had a boy. You told us we were going to have a boy. I don't even remember that. There's just something. You understand? Something. Because, see, the gifts of God are for a common hope. Two years later, she got pregnant again. She, she got cancer, and they told her to abort the baby. And we were at a restaurant. I said, you're not. And she goes, Pastor Bob, I didn't go. I didn't do the stuff they wanted me to do. And, I, and the doctor wanted me to, do, uh, to uh, give up the baby, abort the baby. And she said, there's no way. She goes, I believe in life and not death, Pastor Bubba. And let me tell you something. She had that baby. It was a beautiful little girl for a couple that was never supposed to have children. And all she also went through uh, treatment after that. And now she's well. It's just, can I, can I just say something? See, it's for many times God will do something and give us a word of knowledge. And we don't even know what we said or why we said it. Are, come on. Then there's the word of wisdom. It's a divine answer or solution for a particular event or a situation. Let me just say something. All these gifts are, look at me, are supernatural. There's some things you can have in the natural. There's some people that are wise in the natural. Come on. They just got a wise, my wife is like that. She got a wise word in, in the natural. And, then, and when, it's, when it's God, it's God. You know what I'm saying? There's been situations where we've walked through things in our lives. We prayed for things, and she has a natural gift of wisdom, but there's been times where she just, just spoke, and we could come in agreement. You know what I'm talking about? And so what happens here is, see, it's a specific word. It's, it's like with Joseph. If you know the life of Joseph, here he is. He has a word. One day his brothers are going to bow before him. They didn't go over too good. 
But you know that he went from Potiphar's house to the jail house. And he, he gave an interpretation of a dream to the baker and, and uh, the cupbearer. And what happened, he told them their dreams. And he said, hey, remember me when you get out. Tell the king, tell Pharaoh. And the Bible says the dreams came true. The baker was hung and the cupbearer was exalted back to his position. Then later on, Pharaoh had a dream. He had a dream of some cows, seven cows that were fat and good. And then, seven, and another, and then another part of the second part of the dream was, was skinny cows and barely able to make it. And in, it's a specific word of wisdom to help you make decisions. How many ever had like that? You needed a word just to make a decision. And all of a sudden, God, someone came along the way and gave you a word. Have you ever been talking to someone and it's like they can read your life when you're talking to them and they're telling you stuff that you did or you've been thinking about? Come on. And it's, like you, it's almost like you feel like you have a signpost on your forehead and they're just reading the ticker tape. You know what I mean? And right here, Joseph, he's, he's, right, then Joseph said to Pharaoh, the dreams of Pharaoh are one. He begins interpreting. He says, has, he says, God has revealed to Pharaoh what is about to happen to you. And Joseph interpreted Pharaoh's dream of upcoming famine and gave him a word of wisdom on how to survive. And if you know the story... They go, at the end, they go, well, thanks for the dream, but who's going who's gonna to be in charge of the seven years of plenty and the seven years of famine? And they looked around the room and go, you, Joseph. And at that very moment, because he had a word of wisdom that came from God, he was exalted to have all the power. The only person that had more power than him was Pharaoh, but he gave, Pharaoh gave him all the power and authority that he had. He gave Pharaoh's power. You see, that's how God works many times. Words of wisdom to survive. Second, you know, then there's, there's words of wisdom to survive sometimes. In 2 Kings, you'll see a story. Elijah gets a word of wisdom to dig ditches in this, because uh, it's about to rain, but it's in an arid place. It hadn't rained. It's been a drought. And God gives him a word. And no one's, and this is what he says to him: dig, dig, dig holes, dig a ditch. He said, dig ditches. And they were like, yeah, right. It hadn't rained. Come on. How many of you have ever just, I, I just know this. You, daily, we got to dig ditches and dry places in our lives. And some of us, let me ask you, how many of you have ever gone through just difficult times? Like your morning devotion, you feel like, that was dry. You ever get so hungry that your stomach scratches your, your, your backbone? You know what I mean? It's like, hey, this, this, I need to eat. Some of us have never known that in South Louisiana. But anyway. You see, you go daily. There's hard times. You know, and sometimes you go, where's, 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 where's what I need coming? Where's the living water coming? And Elijah tells him, he says, for thus says the Lord, in, in 2 Kings 3, 17, you shall not see wind or rain, but the stream bed shall be filled with water so that you shall drink, you and your livestock. And your animals. What he's saying is you can dig all the ditches, but guess what? It's not coming the normal way. 
I'm not going to send wind. You know, before rain, come on, the wind. In the summer in South Louisiana, we like the wind when it comes. We like the rain because it, it, it's kind of overcast and the temperature comes down. Come on. He said, he said, you're not going to see it by the normal signs, guys. You're going to wake up in the morning. There's going to be water in the ditches. And see, for some of us, we're digging. Pastor Baba, when am I going to have revival in my heart? When am I going to experience God's living water that refreshes my soul? I'm just dry. And some of you just need to be around people that love God, that can give you a word. Let me, let me tell you something. There's one thing about getting a word here this morning. But there's a difference getting a daily dose. Come on. I like to say daily dose of the Holy Ghost. Anyway, it's kind of silly. But anyway, that's just me. I'm old school. But old school is still cool. It's us receiving from God on a daily basis what God wants to pour out in us. Listen to me. That's where the gifts of the Spirit come. It's to bring, it's, God's going to come. It's, a, it's for common good. It's for your good. But when you have, when it's been good in your soul and you're refreshed and you're renewed, it's good for others' peoples. Because all of a sudden, you become like an oasis in the desert being able to minister to other people. Come on. I like where Paul, Paul's on a ship. There's a great story. Paul's on the ship, and it's about this, they're about to shipwreck. And they gave this people a word of wisdom not to, bail, not, not to bail out. And so they could eat and survive. And they all did. And then let me just pick it up in Acts chapter 27, start 31. I'm just going to read the story. And Paul said to the centurion and the soldiers, unless these men stay in the ship, you cannot be saved. Because the centurions were going to kill everybody and save themselves because they were prisoners on the ship. Then the soldiers cut away the ropes of the ship and let it go. As day was about to dawn, Paul urged them to all to take some food, saying, today is the 14th day. You imagine no food for 14 days? That you have continued in suspense and without food, having taken nothing. Therefore, I urge you to take some food, for it will give you strength. For not a hair is to be perished from your head. You see, sometimes in the middle of a ship, in the middle of a storm of life, God has a word. There's a true story. I read it yesterday. There was a guy that was a, was a sailor in 1300s. And his name was Lully. And Lully was a Christian. And he was in North Africa preaching. And he got stoned. That, he didn't smoke dope. He was, got stoned with rocks. Okay, for some of you who don't understand the interpretation. I didn't, let me bring interpretation. And what happens is... They bring him on the ship, and they're trying to heal Lully up, and there's nothing they can do. So they can, we're just going to bring him to land and just let him die, and as he's about to die, Lully begins to prophesy. He begins to give a word, and he says, one day, 
someone will cross the ocean and find another continent and they will bring the gospel of Jesus Christ there. And for generations, that story was told. There was someone there that told it and he told it to his son. And then he told it to his, grand, his, his son or his grandson. And it got passed down. And there was a little boy one day that was sitting on his grandfather's lip, on his, on his uh, leg, and he was telling the story of Lolly. And all of a sudden, God began to put a dream in his own heart. His name was Christopher Columbus. He sailed the ocean blue in 1492. I learned that in history when they really taught it. It's a vision, a protection for the future. It's discerning things, seeing things. You imagine, you imagine that I've been to cathedrals in England where it took them a thousand years to build a church. We go, well, we're going to, this section, all the stuff that met out there is going to be done by the end of the month. We go, praise God. That's too long. You imagine one church was, it took 23 generations to build the church. That means Papa passed down his tools. That means all your life, that's all you ever saw. Just a little section. You were doing your little chisel. Papa, he said, Papa gave me my, his favorite chisel, yeah. 23. It's, I imagine that would be hard to have a little vision for. Come on. They said they would plant oak trees around there, and when it was time to do the woodwork, the trees would be 200 years old. And they'd cut them down to do the fine woodwork in these incredible cathedrals. I said, Pastor Bubba, why are you saying that? you got to see. Sometimes we don't see everything. Amen. We don't see a shipwreck. We don't see the ditches. We don't see. But God wants to give us eyes of the Spirit that we begin to see like he sees things. Discerning of spirits. To be aware of the presence, let me just say, of, of demonic spirits. And I'm not going to go off on this. You know, go, well, you know, I mean, it's the devil and God. It's not like the old Carmen song or the old thing where they're fighting to get in the ring. I mean, it's, it's a two-hit fight. It'd, like me, it'd be like me getting in the, in the ring with Mike Tyson or one of the UFC guys. It would be a two-hit fight. They'd hit me and I hit the ground. That'd be it. And that's how the Lord is with the devil. It's not like it's a struggle. Yeah, for us it's a struggle because we got to overcome lies and things, how we were raised and all the things that come in our minds. But with God, the Bible says he's almighty God. Many people claim to have the gift of discernment, but it's not. I don't find that gift in the Bible. In fact, a lot of people that claim to have the gift of discernment actually have the gift of criticism. And they stand behind this so they, you know, so it's called the gift of judging people. You see, but Paul in Acts chapter 16, this is one of my favorite stories in the Bible because it's hilarious. And when he, he it's when he casts this, this spirit, and, 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 and let me just say this, demonic spirits are just unclean spirits. What do you mean by that? 
What's an unclean spirit? It's like when you walk in a room, like I shared earlier, and you just sense something. There's something not right. The Bible says the eyes are the window of the soul. You can look in somebody's eyes. My grandfather, my, my stepfather taught me as a young boy, he said, if someone can't look at you in the eyes, then don't trust them. If they're doing this, they're not listening. Sorry, husbands, I didn't mean to expose you, but... But it says, listen in verse in chapter 16. And as they, this is Paul. As they were going to a place of prayer, imagine, they were going to a, a spiritual place, and, and they were met by a slave girl who had a spirit of divination and brought her owners much gain by fortune telling. This is in Acts chapter 16, sorry, verse 16. She followed Paul and was crying out, These men are servants of the Most High who proclaim to you the way of salvation. And this kept she kept doing this for many days. Paul, having become greatly annoyed. Can I imagine a girl saying that every day you're going to church? Come on. Turned around and said, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And it came out at that very hour. In other words, why did Paul allow the girl to cry out for days before commanding the spirit? I believe, I believe this. I believe he was waiting for the green light from the Holy Spirit before stepping out in the power of the spirit. Can I just tell you something? Sometimes we have things go on in our lives and, and we're going, that's it. And sometimes you just go, God, I sense something. What you, and here's what we failed to do. Listen to me. What are you saying, God? We try to figure it out. Hello, I'm in the right place. We try to figure out by our reason. But sometimes it goes against our reason. I remember when we started the church here, we've got this campus. And, we, and, and where the kids meet right there in the middle, we used to have a bridge crane in there. And we needed a sign. And I just said, God, you know what we need. And I waited. And a guy came. His name was Ray Crochet. He's from Iota, part of the Crochet Brothers. And he comes in, and he had a sign company. He had retired from the oil field, and he had a sign company. And I said, man, I need a sign. And then we came back to the doctor, showing him around. He, go, he walks in, and he sees that bridge crane. He goes, I need a bridge crane. I go, brother, we're going to make signs and wonders happen right here. I give you the bridge crane and you give me a sign. I could have gone and bought one if I'd have been impatient. Come on. But sometimes God waits for the green light. Sometimes I remember when I proposed to my wife Tracy. I was waiting for the green light. Because I promised God, God, I'll never tell a girl I love her until I ask her to marry me. And I remember I was living in Olympia, Washington. She was in Tacoma. It was about 25 minutes away. And I called her up and I said, hey, what are you doing? And I said, I'm coming to town and I'm going to get some tracks. That's things you pass out in the streets for people to read if you tell them about Jesus. And 
And so I told her I was coming to get some tracks at the church over there, and I was just seeing if she'd want to meet me, and we could hang out for a little bit. And so we go to the church, and I'm nervous, okay? And, and I, guess what? She goes, I thought, I met her at the church. She goes, she goes, I thought you came to get some tracks. I go, oh, yeah. So I've got two of them. I was so nervous. And then we, they have this park, Point Defiance, where you have to make this turn. I missed the turn. She goes, where are we going? I go, uh, I don't know what I said. I could have borderline lied, but I repented later. But I remember taking it to a place where you could see it was by Fort Nisqually, and you could see the Narrows Bridge, kind of like the San Francisco Bridge of the Northwest. And you have the Puget Sound below. It's kind of where close where she grew up. And I began to tell her about all this stuff that I wanted to do, what I feel God called me to do, and what he wanted to do in my life. And I remember I go, but I can't do it without you. Will you be my best friend? Will you be my wife? I love you. And you know my wife, she's so emotional. No, you know, she didn't, like, she just went like this, real good. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen too many Hollywood movies. But she was sure I was insecure in all reality. But can I tell you something? I don't know where you've been or how you've walked with God. You may make mistakes, but you got to get back up and trust God. You may miss the turn sometimes. You may be looking for all these different kind of things. But the Holy Spirit wants to show you how to walk through spiritual warfare. When you face demonic things that are coming against your marriage, that come against your kids or your business, so that you can pray and break the enemy's plan. See, the enemy has a plan, but if you look through the scripture, God always has a disruption to the enemy's plans when people walk by the gift of the Spirit that God gives them in that moment. You see, I believe this, the Holy Spirit brings God's promises to our mind when we need them the most. We can have victory over the enemy's schemes by filling our minds with the word of God. Listen, I love the word of God. When I read it every morning, I read it every morning. When I finish reading it, I do this. It's just my custom. This is what I do. I'll read it, finish reading it, and I'll go, I love your word. It's kind of like when you have good food and you bless yourself. You know what you want to do? You want to kiss yourself. I just blessed myself mm, mighty good. The Word of God will bless you. The Word of God, the Bible says, when you're facing storms of life, no weapon form will prosper. You know, there's just things that you can fill your mind with, but there's the Word of God that you can fill your mind with when you don't know where to go, don't know what to do. And what happens is you think, well, I've just, you think, man, I've just been dry. But when you need the, the gift of God in your life, it can come just like that. Are you with me? God loves you. God's with you. God wants to use you. 
What do you mean? He doesn't use you and throw you away. He wants to use you if you just say, God, here I am. Whatever you want. Whatever you need. God, whatever. Whatever. When I, when I first came to this city, I'm a foreigner from Jennings, but I've been here 20 years now. I'm, I'm a Jenningsite. When I came, I just prayed. And I pray th- different things. God, give me favor. Give me discernment to things that I see and people that I meet. And Lord, put your favor on my life. And you know, I can look back at those prayers and how God has sent people. Even you that are here today, even though we're having the COVID pan- pandemic, whatever you want to call it, I look at it like this. It's a dash in history. It's whether or not we trust God through these times. See, fear is a reaction. But courage and love are decisions. And during this time, we have to make decisions to say, I'm trusting God by his spirit that he's going to lead me. He's going to guide me. He's going to use me. He's going to help me for my common good and for other people's good. Amen? You can come, you can become a heart specialist if you follow the gifts of the Spirit. He'll lead you to those people that need you. Let's pray. Father, just put your hands in heaven and we'll pray. Father, thank you. Thank you so much for all that you're doing here at this campus in Jennings. Thank you for what you're doing in Crowley. Thank you for what you're doing in Eunice. But God, you want us to trust you in our daily walk, in our moments, God, that you would come even this morning. You would refresh us. You would renew us. You would fill us fresh. We want to, God, we want to be used by you. Help us to begin to practice your gifts, to trust you, and not go by our, 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 our common mind, but believe that you want to move supernaturally to touch people, to open people's eyes, that their hearts would be open to receive all that you have for them. We thank you that we get to be workers together in your harvest field. We get to be workers together with you and all that you want to do and all that you want to say. Open our eyes. Give us Jesus contact lenses that we begin to see things like you do and how we should respond. Give us a Jesus pacemaker that our heartbeat would beat after your very heartbeat. And give us a vision for people that are lost and far away from you, that need you, Jesus. That we would depend upon your spirit to do all that we do that you've called us to do. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. 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 I'm going to give the Lord a hand clap. He's worthy.